Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. Yes, that's H-A-W-G sports.com. Today on the show, it's a big recruiting weekend, so we're going to have Danny West come in and talk Razorback recruiting. It's also a really important stretch for Razorback basketball, so we're going to have a lot of discussion about that. We'll get to some of your questions as well. All that more on, <clears throat> excuse me, all that more on Hogsports Live. Got a little frog in the throat. Been having that lately. I think it's the weather. So, I want to remind everybody before we get started here, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Uh, We're always streaming there, hence the name Hog Sports Live. Be sure to throw us a follow if you like the content that we produce and throw us a thumbs up as well. Also available on YouTube. We'll upload that immediately afterwards. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell, and throw us a thumbs up and interact with the video as well. Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star review. If you like the content, then say something nice about us. Also on Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere you find podcasts. So uh, I would also like to mention that we have a special offer that's starting today. This is just for a limited time. It's going to run out very soon. We're doing 60% off right now. 60% off an annual membership at hawgsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, This is a great deal. And uh, it'll run out, I believe, Monday. So if you want to follow this last stretch of recruiting, all the stuff going on with the junior day, and we'll get into a little bit of that. We're not going to give the horse away, but we'll get into a little bit of that with Danny West. Then sign up at hawgsports.com. I think it breaks down to like 11 cents a day, $3.58 a month, I think. So that's a, that's a heck of a deal. And it comes with a seven-day free trial. You don't like it, you can cancel it. But you're going to like it. You're going to like it. Your number one independent source on the Razorbacks. See what we're cooking over there. If you like the stuff that we do with Hog Sports Live, Walk and Talk, Drive Time, Out of Bounds with Danny West, if you like all that stuff, then come see what we have behind the curtain. Promise you won't be disappointed. Also, in the month of December, I just got this information in. Our message boards, specifically the Razor's Edge VIP form, which you get with hogsports.com, was the number one active message board in the entire country in the month of December. Number one, not by accident, number one. And that just goes back to what I said about hog fans. You know, this was December, you know, people looked apathetic because they weren't showing up to the games in November and stuff, but hog fans, there were still a burning passion. And that is evident by the traffic we had there. All right, guys, appreciate you listening in to all that. For those non-subscribers, go check us out. So... Arkansas basketball, we'll get into that first, and we'll bring in Danny here in just a minute. But Arkansas has got some injuries they're dealing with. Coming off a 79-77 loss to South Carolina, disappointing home loss. Didn't start off very well. Jimmy Witt was needing the calf, didn't practice at all on Thursday. Desi Seals has an ankle that he had in the game, kind of a weird injury. It looked like it might have been more serious, like an Achilles or something They were is what they were saying. But uh, I thought it was actually maybe a hamstring the way he popped up. Um, but he came back in the second half. But he's been dealing with an injury. Of course, Isaiah Joe uh, didn't start. He's had some knee inflammation, came off the bench. 
Ended up with 16 points, I think. Man, in this game, I've just got to say, and I know I've t- have had this take a little bit, but the referees absolutely ruined this game for Razorback fans and South Carolina fans. Anybody who likes basketball, this game was ruined by the refs, and South Carolina's going to foul a lot. But this is ridiculous. 57 fouls, 40, 40 fouls in the second half. 70 free throw attempts. And the game actually set up for Arkansas. I mean, great. Foul. Perfect. They're going to shoot at a higher clip. South Carolina's like 61% on the season, just not very good. Excuse me. But Arkansas only shot 65% from the foul line. It's not good enough. Arkansas is a better free throw shooting team on the year than, than they played Saturday. Got off to a slow start, but, I mean, I'll just say again, the referees absolutely ruined this game from a viewership standpoint. It was tough to watch. Is this what we want basketball to be, 70 free throws? And it wasn't like they were just fouling at the end trying to come back and get back into the game. There was, that only, there was only one foul that was on purpose. We're going to get into Eric Musselman in here in a minute because, guys, he was as frustrated as I've ever seen after that game. We'll talk about it in just a second. Up next is Alabama in Tuscaloosa, 5 o'clock Central Time on the SEC Network. South Carolina is coming off a 90-76 loss at LSU. Before that, they'd won four in a row. So they're not playing too bad. 12-8, and 4-3 and three overall. Or, excuse me, 4-3 and three in SEC play. That'll be an interesting game. And really, guys, it's – I mean, you got to win that game if you're Arkansas. You have to win that game. It's, it's been a tough stretch for them. They've lost their last three SEC games as it stands, last three. And it doesn't get easier, any easier after that because you got Auburn. Auburn plays Kentucky tomorrow at, at the same time as Arkansas is playing. So, they're playing Kentucky, and then after Arkansas they get LSU. So – the game is in Fayetteville, but Auburn's number 17-ranked team in the country. They're pretty good. So, All right, I want to get into this Eric Musselman video, guys, because this is – I mean, we've seen dozens of Musselman press conferences now, right? Dozens of them. And this, I think, is the most frustrated that I've seen him. I cut it up a little bit, so it's about two minutes and 50 seconds long. But I think you'll enjoy it. Um, you know, after the walk and talk, I always felt a need to, you know, just kind of vent, get my frustrations out there. Really, the frustration I think that everybody was having, because really in the post game press conference with Morris, it's just like, you know, that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And, you know, just a bunch of coach speak and bouncing around the question. Musselman, everybody in the room knows Musselman's frustrated. Everybody. A lot different. Here's the video. For those watching the facial expressions and stuff and just the hands up, but those listening, it's still still quite entertaining. Eric, what happened on the technical? We heard it was – they just said it was the bench. Was, was it Hayes on Hayes? Myers got a technical. Um, Staff I, member. I know you can't be happy about that kind of what you're – Not happy at all. I mean, uh, you lose by two at home uh, in a game that's got extreme significance and uh, a staff member gets a technical – um, you know, the only person that needs to talk to the referees is me and me only. And, um, I mean, I don't know what else to say, but I'm extremely disappointed. You know, you can, you can coach, you can game plan, you can do all, but, but when you leave points on the board like we did from the foul line, I, I don't know what else to do but have them shoot some more foul shots, reps. But, you know, like we, we take 26 threes. Again, you know, we took nine the other night. 
and you know, I mean, if you're if you're if you're if if, if, if as a team you shoot under thirty percent from three, like you can't keep doing that. Um, I'd love to shoot threes. That's our style that we've played in the past, but it's it's not it's not effective for us right now. Not taking that many when we took nine last game, and so you know, and we knew that they they're a high volume put the other team on the free throw line. We took 40. We could have taken who knows how many if we didn't take 26 of our 54 shots from three. Who knows how many foul shots we could have taken. Coming out of the last time out, what was the plan? Who was option A, B, and did you get the I just said it. It was, it was to go to Mason. Mason right. was denied. He was going to get an ISO at the top of the floor in the middle of the floor, <coughs> and then he had an option to create just like he had the entire last five minutes of the game. Yeah, they, uh, Frank said Hannibal did a real good job at denying him the ball. Do you just kind of give Carolina credit for the, their defense there at the end? I don't. I, I. I mean, I don't know why we keep talking about one last play. Like, yeah, they did. They did a great job with seven seconds on the clock when we have a baseline out of bounds. They did a great job of denying Mason. Having said that, we just played a team that led for 37 minutes and 43 seconds. We should also talk, you guys, a little bit about what happened. Why did we not have any? rhythm to start the game. Why did we not get any shots up on the, we couldn't even get field goals attempted early in the game. To me, that was, that was more than anything. Now you substitute a lot and use a deep bench over 10 guys sometimes and tonight, is that a hard thing to prepare for and game plan for because you're not sure what combinations are going to work for them? Nope. What did you think of Isaiah's game, you know, coming off missing one? I thought he was fine. Thanks. Not a happy coach. You can tell just in the, the way he answers questions and stuff. And, and the muscle one's great to interview because he's very open and honest, always gives you great content. But I don't blame him for being upset the way Arkansas played. And I don't know, as a fellow basketball coach, I coach my daughter's first grade team, which has been a lot of fun. Um, we preach defense. I want to show the, this video real quick because super proud. So I coached my daughter's first grade basketball team, and we've been preaching defense, right? We've been preaching defense. And she takes it to heart. So this video got picked up by House of Highlights on Instagram, which has like 15 million followers. The video got, last check, I think it had 1.8 million views. So this is, this is my daughter's video here. See that defense? That's the jumping jack technique. I told her, I said, get your arms up, <laughs> get belly to belly on them. That's defense right there. That's what Arkansas has got to get to. <laughs> so we got a little P-Bev here, little Patrick Beverly defense. You want to jump into them. Don't foul them. And then here at the end, just kind of frustrate. Just be that antagonist. A little James Harden step back there. That's not a travel. James Harden stepped back. So, for anybody out there working with first grade girls, there's a few there's a few things you got to know. First of all, you're going to be inclined to a few rules. These are the three coaching tips for coaching first grade girls basketball. You're going to be inclined to teach them to pass and share the ball a little bit, but you never pass in first grade girls basketball. It is a turnover waiting to happen. So, work on it in practice, but in games, get down the court, 
tell them to take the first open shot. First time they, they have somebody without their hands up and then just preach rebounding. And then everybody gets involved that way. But if you teach them to pass, which you'll be inclined to do, you're just going to turn the ball over. Defense, 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 just like this. Just like my daughter. Hands up and get up close. Most of your scores are going to come on fast break, so it's important to be good on defense. And then afterwards, always hand out best listener, hot shot, most improved, all those type of awards. Anyway, super proud of my daughter. One of my favorite comments said is there's a proud daddy sitting in the stand somewhere. All right. <laughs> all right, let's get into Danny West now. I know people are wanting to hear the recruiting stuff because there's a lot of big news coming up this weekend. Not so much just like huge recruiting weekend for visitors and stuff. I mean, for like 2020 players, because I think a lot of them are, uh, you know, preferred walk-on types. But junior day, and we'll get into why it's important junior day, because there's a huge dead period that's come up that wasn't here last year. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, Danny? Danny, I was Wait just well, I was just telling everybody about the big recruiting weekend we've got coming up, um, you know, and not so much just like for 2020 scholarship players, but there's also some walk-on, uh, invited walk-on candidates, but also the junior day. So uh, first, let's just go over who is coming in for officials this weekend. All right. Well, it's a it's a group of nine that we're aware of so far. Obviously, we want to talk about the grad transfer. Xavier Kelly, a defensive lineman from Clemson. He's got a lot of interest here lately. Uh, Nebraska, I want to say TCU, Georgia Tech now, North Carolina making a push there. So not a guarantee by any means, but good for Arkansas to get him on campus. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But as you said, it, it is a very strong uh, preferred walk-on weekend. I think five of the nine are PWO types. Um, I do want to mention Cottrell Wallace actually yes. finally going to be able to take his official visit up here. Waits to the last dadgum weekend. Dadgum. Uh, I was, I was beginning. Oh, there it is. I was beginning to wonder if he'd ever get up here, but uh, Cottrell's finally coming in. He's got a basketball game tonight, so he'll be in early in the morning. Uh, Andy Boykin, a former four-star defensive lineman out of Lagrange, Georgia, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Trey Troop County. Mm-hmm. Strong side defensive end, 6'3", 265. He's had a, a very interesting recruitment, a very lengthy recruitment. He had offers from everybody at one point. I mean, we're talking Georgia, Alabama, Florida State, you name it. He had it, and a lot of those teams have, you know, obviously gone away here at the end. Mm-hmm. 
curious to see if he's got all of his boxes checked outside of football. He says, he told me he does. He says he's on the right track there, so we'll see. But they're going to bring him in. They saw him earlier this week. Andy would be a really big-time get if, uh, you know, again, if, if all those boxes are checked. Jake Ray, a tight end out of uh, Fort Laud, Florida. St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, 6'4", 245, currently committed to UNLV. We've talked about the tight end position at Arkansas for how long now, Trey? Long time, right? A lot, for good reason. For good reason. They've got two scholarship guys. They've got to get somebody. Yesterday you saw Brandon Frazier commit to Auburn. Uh, Believe it or not, I think uh, Texas San Antonio, Jeff Traylor, Barry Lunny, those guys, I think they're feeling really good about Alan Horace, your other former tight end commitment. So you got to get somebody. Mm -hmm. And Jake Ray is expected to uh, to be up here this weekend. Danny, I think uh, doesn't that just show you though, like how important relationships are in recruiting? I mean, you're you're talking about there's a possibility that Arkansas would lose Alan Horace to UT San Antonio, and you know, obviously he's been recruited by Jeff Trailer and and Barry Lunny Jr. for uh, some time, and then you lose Brandon Frazier to Chad Morris. And Auburn it says a lot. Yeah, it's yeah it a, says I mean, a lot. It, but it, it happened the other way around. I mean, with Missouri commitments. I mean, you know, with uh, with some coaches that had connections with Missouri, bringing them and getting them at Arkansas, and that's yeah. mainly because of the relationships established over the you know the school specifically. That's exactly right. And, and you know, you think about an offensive lineman like Jalen St. John could mm-hmm. be another case there where where he follows the uh, former Missouri coaches here at Arkansas. So. Um, but Trey, it doesn't always, it's not always automatic. No, I think we're not. seeing a little bit of that right now with Savion Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, it, nobody is closer to that kid than Justin Stepp. And as of right now, I've got Savion going to TCU mm-hmm. and a lot of others do too. They seem like they've really picked up steam. So it's not always automatic, but to your point, yes, yeah, as a whole lot, but I uh, do want to mention these, uh, preferred walk-on guys coming up this weekend, Kevin hey. Compton. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to mention, for those, I didn't really give you a formal introduction, but those who aren't familiar with Danny West, he handles the most, almost all of the recruiting content at hawgsports.com. Most of it is VIP. We're given obviously a tidbit here and there during this segment, but most of his content is going to be VIP, and you can sign up right now at sixty percent off and see what we're talking about. You know, for the, there's always a lot of people out there, Danny, who don't really know what we offer and I just this is a great opportunity to sign up and it comes with a seven day free trial. It's a great opportunity to sign up at HAWGsports.com and read Danny's read Danny's stuff there. Okay, Danny, on to the walk on, preferred walk ons. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Compton Jr., a safety out of Watson Chapel, a homeboy mm-hmm. uh, from down in my neck of the woods. Uh, Chandler McIntosh from Joe T. Robinson. You know, everybody talks about JT Towers and rightfully so. Obviously, he's committed as a scholarship player at Arkansas, but, man, Chandler McIntosh, over 200 tackles this past year. Are you kidding? That's 200 lot. tackles, Trey. 6'1", 225, he would be a good get if they can get him. He's got some scholarship offers. Jackson Woodard, Little Rock Christian, another linebacker, 6'3", 203, already committed as a preferred walk-on at Arkansas. Another linebacker, Brooks Both out of Harrison. I've seen him play 6'2", 225, He's also got some scholarships. Uh, Truett Tolette, right here at Shallow Christian. Uh, I was just up there yesterday picking up my daughter and, and was thinking about Truett. And sure enough, uh, it comes out that he's going to be on hand for an official visit this weekend. So 6'2", 180. You want to talk about production, 
over 2,000 yards receiving this year, 30 touchdowns. That's a state record. He puts up numbers. Uh, now, I don't know if he's going to be all SEC or anything, but you'd like to have a guy like that. So uh, I think that wraps up the five yeah. PWO types. So that, how many visitors come in, eight or is it nine? I've got nine right nine. now, and okay. we'll see. It's always fluid, yeah. right? So uh, Absolutely. we'll see, but, but I'm counting nine as of right now. And so then, <clears throat> for, this class, for this class shaping up, Danny, there's 18 commitments right now, including the two transfers. <laughs> I mean, obviously you could add transfers later on, but I mean, when you look, talk about Boykins, really the only defensive candidate left out there. They could not. Yep. They could end up not getting a wide receiver, not getting a tight end, one or two offensive linemen. If things go, two offensive linemen, say two, if things go really well, and quarterback. That's just like three, right? <laughs> yeah, I think. And I, I know how that sounds. I, I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. That would put you at 21. But, buddy, I really think that's best-case scenario at this point. Yeah, I do, too. And, I'm, and given the circumstances, I'm not sure how how really anybody could be mad at it if you finish with a uh, with a quarterback like Malik Hornsby, yeah. four-star, top 100 guy in the country. If you do get Jalen St. John, and I think they're in a really good spot there, that's a guy with multiple SEC offers. And then if you could somehow round that up with Marcus Henderson, another offensive guard, I mean, if you could beat Ole Miss, Georgia, and some of those teams for him, how could you really be upset about it? I'm trying to remember, Danny, when's the last time Arkansas got a top 100 player at quarterback? It's It's been a while. I mean, they've gotten some guys that are well-regarded, but a top 100 player – I mean, I guess you could count Felipe Franks. He was a top 100 player, but that was coming out of high school. But this would be a, a really big get and really a guy that's rated higher than – and quarterback's a tough position to evaluate. But really a guy that's rated higher than both Jacoby Criswell or Chandler Morris. So, you know, at one point it looked like well, great. Funny how things work out. Eh? Yeah, it looked like – whoops, I lost you, Danny. It looked like great, you know. They're going to end up losing out on quarterback because they didn't recruit Jacoby hard enough. And, they, you know, obviously Chandler's not going to come if he's his dad's not the head coach. But uh, it looks like it's going to work out there. And, I, you know, I think it's interesting to say also, you know, because people have talked about Morris's recruiting and Arkansas is ranked 46 or something right now. But in, in Morris's first year at Arkansas, they were 48th, I think, nationally. And it's just because you just don't have any time to recruit. You have five days, basically, after you hire a head coach in Arkansas situation. And then 80% of the prospects sign. So you're left with 20% of the guys that will end up signing Division One remaining that's that's a tough place to be in when you're starting the program all over again and I don't and I've said before you know it it stinks for new coaches but you know when you also consider all the assistant coach changes the pressure that's put on the recruits to sign early maybe when they're not quite ready because there is a lot of things going on during the school year including their football season I don't know that it's a good thing for student athletes either and not only you know first year head coaches Uh, it's it's I don't know about student athletes. I'm sure they're probably going to end up doing something along the way to change this thing. I mean, it's just, it's so widespread, man. I, mm-hmm. It's so spread out now. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure it's healthy for the game. I know it's not healthy for first year head coaches. Yeah. You know, when you, Sam Pittman had four nights on the road when he took over in December, four mm-hmm. nights that he went out and actually recruited to try to put together that early signing class and, you know, he did a really good job. You got Miles Slusher and Darren Turner back yeah. on board. He uh, picked up a Juco guy, Coates, 
who I, can, I think can help them. I, mean, I want I want them. both of those guys at safety, by the way, Danny. I want Slusher and Darren Turner at safety. If not if not Turner at safety, then t- Turner at, uh, at the hybrid linebacker. outside linebacker. That's, that's what, what I, I want to see. That's where I would have him. But I'm with you either way. I, I want him on defense. Sure do. Um, forgot where I was going with that. But, yeah, it's been really tough. And going back to my point, if you could come away with those three that I mentioned, mm-hmm. I think it's best case scenario and it'd be really tough to argue when you understand the circumstances and the way this recruiting calendar works against coaches like Sam Pittman coming in, mm-hmm. as we saw with Chad Morris and, and, you know, Chad only had 17, 18 spots to fill in that class, which made it even tougher, but almost worked to his benefit too, because, you know, Pittman technically could sign a full class of 25 if he had enough guys, right? Uh, quality guys to fill it up with. But Hey, if you if you can come away and save a few of those spots, I mean, we're talking about grad transfers. You pick up the yep. cornerback, Jerry Jacobs. You get Felipe. You got Xavier Kelly coming in for a visit. Um, uh, the Levi Draper tomorrow coming in for an unofficial visit. The Oklahoma transfer. Those things can they can add up quickly. Yeah, and you can always count players. You know how many they can count back in this current class? So I don't. If they did need the to time. go over. So, but at least one they would would have been able to, and so if they do that, then because you know, we've heard twenty six, yeah, and if they end up at twenty one, then you've counted one of those back, so you're at twenty, then you, you could you know have five extra ones next year, sure, which is really a better opportunity to be in the game recruiting more, and that takes me to that's a great segue naturally to junior day, Danny. It's a yeah, the recruiting calendar has changed. You didn't used to have this long dead period in February, and now you do. So it used to be, as you said, you would bring in a bunch of recruits in February and you just have these huge junior day weekends. But now that's not happening anymore. If you want juniors in, you got to do it now. You got to do it now or wait till March. And nobody in this day and age is going to wait when you look around your neighboring states. And, you know, Tennessee's doing one this weekend, OU, I'm sure, Missouri, everybody's going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Arkansas, surprisingly, uh, or maybe not surprisingly, I don't know, but they've they've actually come away with a really impressive list here going into the weekend. Uh, again, you can check all of those names out at Hog Sports. Don't want to give it all away, but hey, uh, Danny, I want to just... say this real quick though. Like, why why have they implemented this dead period? Why could they not wait just a little bit? Because now you have everybody's going to have a junior day this weekend. You get one junior day visit. That's it. It's not like it's an awful time to take junior day visits if you're a student athlete. Again, I yeah. don't understand. I don't understand why you would have. <laughs> like, I can understand like maybe in a couple of weeks or maybe taking a, a dead period week and then opening up February. But I don't understand just a month long dead period starting from February first to the twenty ninth. From what I understand, head coaches, several of them, got together and said, "Hey, we've got to do something." I know fans hate this because mm-hmm. they're like, "Man, you're making three, four million a year. How many breaks do you need?" But at the same time, the head coaches felt like, "Hey, with the, the with official visits now happening in springtime, followed by camp season and you know spring football had just wrapped up, they really don't get much of a break anymore mm-hmm. outside of the month of July, right?" July. So, I mean, they had to do something. I kind of see it both ways. I do again, but Danny, how's it good to go the full month? How's it good for the student athlete? I mean, again, and and the same thing with the early period. I mean, all I heard, remember when Brett was talking about the early period and then, you know, being able to sign players early when that, when that came about also. And it was like, well, you don't want to have to babysit a guy that's been committed for a long time. Yeah. 
And that doesn't sound like it's a benefit to the student athlete. It sounds like it's a benefit to the coach. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get, I don't get the scholarship policies when you can officially offer a scholarship because then you just throw out a bunch of BS scholarship offers that don't matter. And I mean, the NCAA has sped up the process and at the same time, you can't offer a scholarship until August of their senior year. You know, I've heard Sam Pitt would say, of, uh, that's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah, they're trying to uh, – somebody's got the idea that you can't even extend a verbal offer. They want to come up with this new idea that, mm-hmm. you know, it's got to be a particular date, say September 1, right, mm-hmm. going into their junior year. You can't even offer a uh, – or let's say it's even sophomore year. But then, I mean, you're adding another huge day to the recruiting calendar, and it would just be another – Before you uh, can cra- offer a, a, a verbal offer? Even verbally. Yeah. And then what you run into is – you know, a kid is going to slip up at some point as prior to that date. He's mm-hmm. going to say, "Well, I've got offers from Arkansas." Exactly. And that's that's and, stupid. Let's put it. In, and then let's you've do got it. an NCAA right. deal. Going Just put on. it in, in writing, because there it's all you get semantics. You say, "We want to offer you a scholarship," and somebody says, "They've offered me a scholarship." No, we we haven't offered you. I said, "We want to. We want to <laughs> yeah. offer you a scholarship." Yeah. And you know, I talked to an NCAA representative a few years ago about that about when you can offer scholarships to players. And the way he said it, he, I guess he didn't understand the question, but I was like, you know, how is this benefiting student athletes for coaches to be able to offer them scholarships that don't mean anything verbally? Um, and, you know, you can't do it officially until this day. Just make them be able to do it officially. Make the recruit be able to say, well, can you send me a letter? Can you put it in writing? You know, something like that. And, you know, his response was, well, I mean, coaches, you know, then, you know, they offer somebody in eighth grade. They don't want to be bound to that, you know, to that kid. And I was like, well, it would stop them offering eighth graders, yep, which exactly. is a stupid look. It looks yeah. – it makes you look – I mean, anytime somebody offers an eighth grader, people are like, this is ridiculous. Every yep. time. So Every time. let them offer scholarships whenever. That would stop this semantics of and the issues where you run into kids going on radio who don't understand how the recruiting process works, who've been told they have an offer and committing to a school, which has happened, and it's happened to Arkansas. It's happened a lot under Bobby Petrino, but you have to stay out in front. You can't blame the coaches for doing the verbal offers because you have to stay out in front because recruiting has moved up so early now that if you don't offer a kid before you've had a chance to properly evaluate them, then they will cut you before you get oh, yeah. a chance you're to done. offer them, really. Especially if you're the in-state school and you drag your feet. Yeah, that, I mean, you that's the worst. Bielema, and it doesn't uh, matter if Alabama offers an in-state kid because they don't care if they have to pull that offer. Oh, no, they don't you know, care. For an Arkansas kid. But for the for the school of Arkansas, it looks like, why are you trailing Alabama? What are we doing? Yeah. You know? Exactly. Anyway, we got sidetracked there, but yeah. I do want to hit Junior on that. Day. Uh, I'm just going to hit on some of the in-state guys. They're the Go in-state guys. They're, yeah. well, let me do that, and then we'll save the uh, the other guys. You can check those out. Also, uh, again, you get 60% off, right? Annual yep. VIP 60% membership. 60% right off now. right now. So, yep. so good time to check out these lists. But uh, Drayden Norwood, class of 2021, four-star cornerback out of Fort Smith Northside, offers from Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Tennessee. He's big time. Aaron Outley, class of 21, tight end at Parkview High. Saw him uh, this past fall. Really big kid. Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas. He's got a few offers. Terry Wells, 2021 offensive lineman out of Wynn, Arkansas. Arkansas is offered. Kansas offered. Uh, just want to run through quickly some of the other 21s, then jump into some 22 guys that are really impressive. But the 21s, Jordan Hanna, uh, 
younger brother of, of Morgan Hanna, who's a defensive end at Arkansas right now. Cole Joyce from Bentonville. Deldrick Withers out of Joe T. Robinson. They've actually got like six kids coming up. Then they're leaving here, going to Missouri this weekend. Marco Avant at Jonesboro used to be at Forest City. I like that kid a lot. Now, some of these 2022s, Trey, that's a really good in-state class so far. Mm-hmm. Andrew Chambly, uh, offensive lineman out of Maumelle. He's got Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Missouri, Mississippi State. Amarion Harris, a kid we've talked about for two years already. Yep. Uh, 2022 offensive lineman out of Robinson, Oklahoma, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee. Another big-time dude right there. And uh, I'll wrap it up with James Joyner. 2022 right. running back at Parkview. Is he good? It's uh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. He's a good yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he hurt that knee. You know, he mm-hmm. had to rehab that knee. But I talked to James the other night. He said he's ahead of schedule and uh, the grades are through the roof. I really like that kid, Trey. Probably a good looking class. Marion Harris. Yeah, I like too. that kid a lot. Yeah. And Missouri just offered James this past week. So he's up to uh, two SEC offers with Arkansas being first and, of course, Missouri trailing Arkansas, as we see quite a bit. So, Danny, I want to ask you before I get you out of here real quick on just some transfers. We've got a couple of questions. Just uh, um, Xavier Kelly, Clemson defensive lineman, uh, what's his status? Is he coming this weekend? And OU has a linebacker in the portal, and uh, yeah. LSU also has a, an offensive lineman who started seven games for him last year. Yeah, I saw Donovan is in the portal. Uh, don't Sam know Pittman a whole recruit. lot about him. Yeah, uh, Pittman did recruit him, so I can't really speak on that. Again, Xavier Kelly will be in this weekend. Um, you know, a kid out of Wichita in the class of 2016. Arkansas actually offered him. I, I went to send him a DM uh, mm-hmm. earlier this week, and I was like, man, I've talked to this kid before. I got to read some of our old yeah. DMs from four years ago. It's just crazy <laughs> how this works. But, uh, yeah, he, he will be in this weekend. Outside of that, we know Georgia Tech, North Carolina, TCU, Nebraska, and Kansas State has already uh, uh, had him on an official visit, I think, last weekend. So mm-hmm. a lot of schools in the mix there, not an automatic by any stretch. Levi Draper, uh, Oklahoma linebacker, he's actually supposed to, he's on track to graduate, so he would be a grad transfer in three years, leaving him with two years of eligibility remaining. He's coming in for an unofficial you know, I, I think it comes down to playing time with Levi. He just, you know, his third year there, he's he's basically a special teams player, not playing a whole lot. So I think he's just uh, looking for a better opportunity to get on the field. Arkansas may have that for him. You know, yep. you think about losing Scooter and some of those guys, they, they have a need right now. All right, Danny. Appreciate you, man. All right, brother. All Y'all right. have a good one. See you. All right, that's Danny West. Danny does a great job for us at hogsports.com. You can read all of his stuff. It's a VIP membership uh, and 60% off right now. There's no promo code or anything. Just sign up and get the deal at hawgsports.com. All right, we want to get into a few of your questions here. And by the way, I want to say this. If you are a graduate transfer and you have proven to be an average to above average good, great even, but if you're average to above average, I would say if you're Arkansas, bring them on bring on anybody who is average get back to being average take steps in the right direction improve the roster i think that's what they've done so far with the two other transfers that they've gotten especially felipe all right let's see what we got on questions keith Graydon says how have you not been teed up for your daughter's games yet those are obvious walk that's just a james harden step back 
you just put your hand on the side of the ball and you can, you know, you get a shuffle and then you get your two steps. But you can walk in first grade girls basket. If we didn't, if we had traveling, they would travel almost every single time. Probably seen you act like that at a football game, getting ticked off. Yeah, I got very frustrated with football this past season. I think that probably, I think that was the Razorback Nation flowing through me. Let's see. If you guys missed anything on this episode, go to YouTube afterwards and it will be posted there on the channel. Yep, I'll be posting it here in just a few minutes when we wrap this show up. Graham Cox says, keep up the good work. Chase Hogan-Jones says, with how little time Pittman's had, I think he's definitely done a good job, ready to see the difference on the field. I know that comes through recruiting next year, I'm hoping. He shocks us all in a good way with his 2021 class. That's going to be the class that's going to be interesting. We'll see how that thing goes. But, um, you know, they have a lot to recruit against. You know, Chad had to recruit in the face of a of a two-win season going on with that first recruiting class that ended up being really well and then really good. And then the next one with a, another, you know, two-win season in the midst of it. And that one ended up falling apart uh, as things progress. But – He's got a lot to overcome, but again, this roster, sure, they can be bad, as I've said. They have an excuse to be bad, but a complete and utter disaster, no. They're going to be better this year. And it's going to come down to coaching and buying in and believing in their head coach. I think we answered the transfer guys. Matt Campbell says story reported receiver in the transfer portal might come back to Arkansas. Matt, Mike Campbell, so... Mike, you're talking about TQ Jackson, and um, we did report, I guess maybe a week or two weeks ago maybe, that he had entered the transfer portal, had stated, you know, some – basically, you know, just saying he was kind of depressed on, you know, on some things. And, and I, I can under, I don't understand. I've never had to deal with that, but I, I understand it's a real thing. So, um, at the same time, the talk lately has been they think they've got a real shot to bring him back. And he wouldn't be the first player to enter the transfer portal and come back. And I'll say this about the portal. It's great for student athletes and stuff, but I think that people have an idea that they're going to jump into the portal and just get recruited just like they were before out of high school. And that doesn't always happen. And odds are, except for maybe some elite guys out there, odds are you're going to find yourself at a much lower prestige school than you were at before. Those, those are the odds or not getting recruited at all and finding yourself going to junior college or something. That happens. But with TQ, from what I've heard lately, is that there's a real chance that he could return. Chase Hogan-Jones says, I'm glad we finally got a kicker recruit. Seems to be a stud. Yep, he is, uh, I think, ranked the number 20 kicker in the country. Big, big leg. Gets a lot of them into the end zone. Austin Gibbons says, love the Trey, the show, Trey and Danny. Larry Brown says, what happened to DW recruiting podcast? He still does it. He still does the recruiting VIP podcast. It's just, you know, it, I would imagine this one will come after the weekend since it's, it is a big weekend for junior days and stuff. Chase Hogan-Jones has been surprised how many in-state kids they've offered in 2021. Greg Toynton says, what's our next move? The Frazier being gone, any grad transfer at tight end? So there's, a, there's another cycle of transfers coming. So you have the group of guys that redshirt themselves after four games, which I hate. Redshirt themselves in the middle of the season, quit the teams, enter the transfer portal to save a year of eligibility. Do so you have that group? You have the group that transfers out in December after the season is over, and a lot of those guys are trying to get in early, but they do it the right way after the season is early. That's when you transfer in the offseason. And then you'll have another group that will transfer 
you know, announced transfers in the spring. We're starting to see that happening now. You'll have some that come after spring football. So really three phases. Patty Rogers says, I love Hogsports Live. We love you listening and watching, Patty. Thank you. Josh Gar says, how do you think our defense will look next year losing Scooter and Cam and Sosa? I've said over and over again, it seems year after year, they can't get much worse and they keep doing it. So I'm not, I don't want to say that. But, again, I don't think the roster shows a defense that is a total and utter disaster. Bad? Sure. Hopefully they're better than bad. Get back to being scrappy, man. I mean, get back to being scrappy. Dustin Hoofman says excited about baseball season starting soon. They've got a media day today. I think it – I think here in just a couple of minutes. We'll have plenty out of that. Pete Roulier will be there covering that. Yancey Long says, what would be the greatest recruit we get on Wednesday, in your opinion? Um, Marcus Henderson, Malik Hornsby, either one of those guys. I would say Hornsby. I mean, he's a top 100 quarterback. They need a quarterback. Grant Torton says, tight end options after Frazier going to option, question mark. The Ray kid, I think, is the, is the guy coming in who's committed to UNLV right now. Nathan Albert says, any chance on Broderick Jones? Long shot. Super long shot. He's, he's probably going to end up at Georgia. Don't forget to look in southwest Missouri, Joplin, Webb City, Carthage, Carl Johnson. Yes, they look in there. John Sullivan said, what about the tight end from UCLA? I haven't I – I'm, I'm sorry, I'm John. I'm not familiar with him. Bruce Anderson says, don't be starting trouble <laughs> with Morgan Walling. Not sure what that's in reference to. And Chase Owen Jones says, not having a total and complete defensive line hurts. We cannot stop the run. I thought Jonathan Marshall should have started last year, by the way. We'll see how things shake out with it. All right, everybody. I think we pretty much covered everything. Big recruiting weekend. Big stretch of games for basketball. It's been a big stretch of games. I mean, they've lost three SEC games in a row. Still think this is a tournament team, but they've got to get it turned around. They've got to get it turned around. And this is kind of what you feared the whole time. You know, are they getting worn out a little bit? Are they getting kind of exhausted? They've been banged up. You've had Mason with a shoulder issue. Now you've got Joe with a knee. You've got Desi with an ankle. you got Jimmy Witt with a calf issue. A lot of things shaking. I mean, the injuries are starting to get there. And then you talk about a really short bench. It's, this isn't going to be an easy game on the, on the road against Alabama. I think there will be a lot of eyes on this one because, I mean, you lose this one, you're talking about four losses in a row. And that really starts to kind of put a damper on the way things have gone. There's no reason – I mean, there's plenty of reason, but, I mean, you obviously saw the frustration in Eric Musselman's voice and his mannerisms. I mean, he was fr- this is a guy that has been great to the media so far, and he's frustrated. And I totally get that. I, too, have been frustrated. want to remind everybody, plenty of ways to watch and listen, but first, sign up. If you haven't signed up for our 60% off offers, sign up. And, guys, I'm talking, like, People sign up. People always ask, why should we sign up? And they do, and they stick around. And it's because our content is better than everybody. We get it first. We have the inside information when it comes to recruiting and things going on. I mean, when there are coaches hires, we're the, we're breaking most of those. We're breaking most of the visitors. And it's not just that, but it's the interaction. The VIP forum, the Razor's Edge, in December, I don't have January's notes, uh, information yet, but in December, we were the most active message board in the entire 24-7 sports network across the country. That's not just by accident. It's because we care about that community. We put a lot of effort into it. We know how it works. I've been doing this for 17 years. 
it's a great place to be. And so not only do we have the content, but the great community where we drop a lot of our scoop. Most of our scoop and discussion on that kind of stuff happens there. So go sign up for our 60% off deal. You'll be glad you did. Just sign up if you haven't done it. If you've ever wondered, what have you got to lose? It comes with a seven-day free trial. You're going to like it. We've got plenty of testimony to show that. I mean, so sign up for that. There's plenty of ways to watch and listen to the show. Always streaming on Facebook Live. If you haven't thrown us a thumbs up, go ahead and do so now. Throw us a thumbs up if you like the content and follow the channel. Also on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video and throw us a thumbs up on there. And interact. Interact with the stuff. We like interacting with people uh, in the comments on YouTube as well. Also on Apple Podcasts right now, I believe we're the highest rated show and maybe the second most reviews. The Hog Pod, which is a little bit kind of different show, I think may have a couple more reviews. But we want to be first in both of those categories. We want people to see hogsports.com when they search. So uh, throw us a nice review if you don't mind. If you like the content, throw us a a five-star rating. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, just anywhere you can think of to find podcasts. We are there. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. Thank you for making the show so popular. We really appreciate it. Thank you for Danny West for joining us. And, um, yeah, big game this weekend in basketball, big recruiting weekend. We'll be back with you guys on Monday, I believe. So this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.